0: You are dialed into the Success Line podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is real people getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship editor and New York Times best-selling author Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are gonna meet them at the same time. We're gonna have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. We are back on the success line. I'm your host, Roy Vaden. Today, we've got with us uh, my new friend, Ken, who is a motivational speaker and growing a business, uh, and he's got some questions all around managing the administrative tasks of that, which I think will apply to anyone who has administrative tasks, and uh, I'm just meeting him here as, as usual for the first time, so let's meet him together. Ken, welcome to the show.
1: Hey hey good morning. Yeah, I'm currently here <laughs> in the Philippines. It's um, it's uh Tuesday morning here. But you know what? It's like an hour earlier th- than my usual getting up. So, yeah, I really have to show up because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to have a one-on-one coaching with you. So, yeah. Good morning. Well, I-
0: uh yeah, I love I I love that you are here from the Philippines. It shows that we're reaching people all around the world. And so tell us uh before you tell us your question, just tell us a little bit about who you are and your background and specifically your, you know, your business as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am Kin and I am a certified public accountant by f- profession. And mm. I worked before as an auditor in a consulting firm. But then I resigned to pursue my entrepreneurial endeavors. I just recently put up an accounting firm by my own. And yeah, but things didn't turn well. So I discovered some um, other sources of in- income, so to speak. So I, I also became an Online marketer, and now I'm currently doing sales marketing, which is totally unrelated to my profession.
0: And you're saying you're you're doing sales marketing kind of for like a day job, and then you're you're trying to build your speaking.
1: Like uh, it's my full time
0: (laughs) sort job, uh huh, so to speak. But that's separate from your speaking business, which is kind of like your side hustle that you're trying to build and grow.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, Um, I am currently building the, you know, the brand image. It's what we call the, is, is it okay to, to, um, introduce that brand or,
0: uh, well, you're saying uh, th- this is for your, for your side hustle. Yeah. You can say it if you want to, uh, is, or are you saying for the company that you work for during the day?
1: Yeah. this is just for the brand that I'm currently building. It's called the project Positive, And you know, I'm, I'm an aspiring motivational speaker when I, see your videos in ted talks i usually get inspired No you know speaking it's my dream to be speaking in a wide audience and the first thing that i am thinking to be on that point is to build my audience first which podcast could be a great start could be a great start yeah
0: Yeah. So, yeah, well, uh, kudos to you. And I know you're in your twenties. We don't ask the exact age, but I know (laughs) that you're in your twenties, you know, and I think the first thing that I would say to you, Ken, is like, just keep dreaming about it because that is what I did. I mean, I was 22 years old and, you know, I was, I was looking at these, I was sitting in the audience of these huge rooms, looking at these speakers You know, that we're speaking in front of these auditoriums or arenas and just going, how do you get to, how do you get to be the guy up there? And so much of any dream coming Mm -hmm. true is just allowing yourself to have the dream and to, to not allow the, um, you know, I don't know if you experienced this, you haven't said it, but you know, most people who dream, at least, at least let me speak for myself is we have this beautiful dream super inspiring. It like gets us to the core of who we want to be. And then immediately we squash the dream because all the negative self-talk shows up of, well, who are you? You're too young. You know, I'm not smart enough. I don't have the connections. Like that seems so impossible. And my life has been one impossible dream after the next. And I think a lot of it is just because I've allowed myself to dream. So that'd be my first thought for you. And for anybody listening is just allow yourself to have the dream. But, um, So, so I get it. So you have a day job. Um, I had a day job too, Mm -hmm. when I was starting my speaking business, Uh, a lot of people have day job when they're building any entrepreneurial endeavor. And, uh, so what would you say? So what's your biggest, what's your biggest question or, you know, challenge that you're running into right now, you know, with building your speaking business.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I think you've mentioned about the, uh, me being young and uh, of course, the reliability that I have to establish to my audience, but apart from that, my biggest question that I really ask to you is that: What are your tips to improve one networking skills? Because you know uh, I'm an introvert, and networking has been a challenge to me. And I also like to know your thoughts and how we can go about networking digitally, which has become even more relevant now especially we are on a pandemic
0: got it okay so let's talk about the let's talk about the mindset here first of the the part about being young and then we can tackle sort of like the the tactical (laughs) or the methodology about about the networking thing because i think um the being the being young thing Is something that comes up. I mean, I I brought it up because that was something that was super relevant for me for a long time, Mm -hmm. which is becoming less of an issue as you know. Now I'm getting a few gray hairs, and I'm starting to like Mm -hmm. that's not. It doesn't come up as much anymore. Um, And here's specifically since I understand your space so well uh, in terms of your desire as a um, you know being a speaker and and whatnot. The thing to realize about, um, speaking, and really this is for anybody who's struggling with credibility is, uh, well, let me just tell you, tell you the thing. So last year, a couple years ago, I was inducted into the, the professional speaking hall of fame, which was really awesome. It was super exciting for me. Um, and I was whatever, however old I was, I think 37 at the time and, people would say, oh, he's so young. Oh, he's so young. And it is true that I am still fairly young in age time, but I'm very old in stage time because I've been getting on stages since I was 17 was the first time that I spoke at a true like public event. And I spoke for free for several years, um, especially in my early twenties. And I've, I have been on stage for 20 years. I have done thousands of presentations. And so, you know, in my tr- my trade, one, one of my trades, I consider myself more of an entrepreneur and, you know, my wife and I have built more of like coaching and training companies. But, you know, as a speaker, that is one of my trades. Mm-hmm. It's been thousands and thousands of hours. And, and so here's how this applies to you and specifically to anybody is that it's not so much how old you are that matters it's how well do you do what you do and whatever it is that you're pursuing it is to do that thing really well and this is where most personal brands break down and of course uh this is what we do now all day at Brand Builders Group is we're coaching personal brands. And and we're always telling people, if you have diluted focus, you get diluted results, especially if you're in your 20s, because it's like, how many things can you really be an expert on in your 20s? Um, and the truth is, you don't want to be an expert on a bunch of things. The way that you become... The way that you you know, break through the wall, this is a, a a concept that we talk about called Sheehan's Wall that basically, and we named this after a colleague of mine, Peter Sheehan, who originally inspired this concept uh, to us, and so we named this after him, but basically, you know, you've got a group of people who are unknown in any industry or vertical. On one side of the wall, they're unknown, and then they're trying to break through this invisible wall to become known. And so we call that wall Sheehan's wall. And what a lot of people do is they try a lot of different things. They have a lot of topics, a lot of messages. They speak to a lot of audiences. They have a lot of business models. They have a lot of social media profiles. They do, uh, you know, they launch a lot of, uh, yeah, different like product suites. And when you have diluted focus, you get diluted results Mm -hmm. because you're spreading yourself thin. And so you're bouncing off the wall. And the real way that you break through the wall is uh, that focus creates power? Um, focus is power. So we talk about that in my very first book, Take the Stairs. That that um, you know, water streamlined enough can cut through steel. Sunlight focused through a magnifying glass can catch a piece of paper on fire because focus is literally power. So you use that same strategy as a business strategy to go, okay. Because I'm young, it's almost like the more narrow I can focus my expertise, the faster I will be seen as an expert because I'm not purporting or pretending or positioning myself to know a lot about a lot. I'm, in, I'm deliberately and intentionally positioning myself to know a lot about a little. But on this one thing, you go very, very deep. And for me, the way that I broke through the wall, or we broke through the wall as a, as a team was that my original personal brand was built around solving the problem of procrastination. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so the take the stairs book, the book is about self-discipline. Self-discipline is the answer, but the problem is procrastination. Um, my second book procrastinate on purpose, um, you know, priority dilution is the problem, which is another form of procrastination. It's a, we invented that term priority dilution, but it was super, super narrow. And so I think part of, you know, when people ask me, which I get a fair bit of like, how did you get to speak on such big stages at such a young age? Or, you know, how do you get into the hall of fame at such young age? It's one is, I'm not that young, you know, career wise, I've been doing this for 20 years. So I'm not that young in stage time. I'm actually pretty old Mm -hmm. in stage time. So that's one thing. But the other thing is we deliberately positioned me narrowly. And so that is the biggest question that anybody, and this applies, this applies to your personal brand, but, but I also very strongly feel like this applies to any company is it is ironic that the fastest way to grow your business is to focus more narrowly on a specific problem because it is easier to separate yourself as the world's leading expert on this one small thing than it is to be the world's leading expert on big things. Yeah. But once you, you're you the world's leading expert on a small thing, you know, like procrastination is example for me. Um, that is how you break through the wall. And then once you break through the wall on that small thing, once you're on the other side of being a expert on something, then it's easier to expand into other things and you can become more, more broad. Right. Um, And so that is the key, I think, for any business, and certainly for any personal brand, at least that we would believe, is to go, what is the one small thing that I can dominate? What is the one tiny thing that I can own that that I can be known for? And here's the other thing. I actually, you know, I said you're the world's leading expert on, but the thing is you actually don't have to be the world's leading expert on because the more narrow it is, there's usually only a handful of people. Like, how many people in the world say I've spent, I spend my life studying procrastination. There's not a ton, right? So it's like mm-hmm. I, I, by niching myself down, I automatically am re- reducing the market that I'm competing against and thereby exponentially increasing the likelihood that I will be able to establish myself, if not as the world, world's leading thinker on blank, it is as one of the world's leading, or one of the country's leading, or one of my, you know, the industry's leading thinkers, because I'm competing against a, a smaller market that I've defined. And so people can trust me for that one thing. And as they trust me for that one thing, and by the way, because I've narrowed my focus to that one thing, I actually do know that one thing better than most people. I actually am really good because. Where most people spend, you know, most people do research and study and analysis on a shallow level across a number of things, or their business solves a shallow level of problems for a a wide, a broad, sweeping group of people. If I can solve problems deeply, but for a small segment of people, then what happens is I I earn a lot of trust. I, I generate a lot of fans. I, I generate a lot of confidence in the market on that one thing. And that's like how you break through the wall and then you're able to leverage it into other things. So my question to you, uh, y- y- you know, and like I said, you know, mm-hmm. Ken, you're, it's very interesting just because we understand your world specifically, not just as an entrepreneur, but as a speaker, cause this is the dream that I live. Yeah. <laughs> um, the question is, what do you think is the, the smallest thing? And to say specifically, what problem do you solve? What problem could you solve for the world in one word, like one narrow topic that you could really own and dive into and research and not just say you're the expert on, but really truly become one of the world's leading experts on because you've so narrowly defined your focus My question would be, what are some of those things that come up for you?
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Initially, when I was identifying my brand, which is the Project Positive, I was thinking of personal development, but I thought that it's also kind of um, broad. So Uh I narrowed it down to productivity, but I am not that sure if that productivity is too broad as well as the personal development or can i just dive into specifically procrastination for instance just as yours or we can just literally talk about productivity and it's just fine
0: well the the the, the answer is there's not one blanket answer for all of us but mm-hmm. the more narrowly you define your niche the more likely you are to dominate that niche right, right. so mm-hmm. yeah um now here's the other thing. So here's a, here's a trick. Mm -hmm. If there is, if there is a shortcut to figuring out what problem you should solve in the marketplace, this is something we're telling clients all the time. You are most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what a lot of people do is they come out and they say, ooh, I would like to be known for this. Um, By the way, the term we use for this is finding your uniqueness. Um, And, you know, this is a huge part of the kind of work that we do with people is to help them find their uniqueness. And we believe that your uniqueness is two parts. It is both part of who you feel called to be in the future, but it is also part evidenced by who you have been in the past. And that shortcut, you know, that little shortcut question or, concept that you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were is to say what problem have you overcome? What questions have you answered? What challenges have you solved? Mm-hmm. You are automatically going to be, you know, accelerated. You're going to be exponentially ahead if you come out and teach about things that you have actually done. If you talk about things you have actually been through. Um and if you look at the evolution of my, of, of my career, it may not be as obvious from afar, but you know, I started speaking in my early 20s. Well, in the beginning, what I really was talking about was sales because I had gone door to door. I had done door to door sales from the time yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I was in college, right? So I knew something about selling. Even though I was 22 years old, I had knocked on like 10,000 doors, um, something like 10,000 doors a summer for five summers. I had knocked on 50,000 doors by the time I was 22. So even though I was, again, young in age time, I was old in stage time. Even compared to people who had been in sales for 40 years, I had been rejected much more than the average person who'd been in sales for a long time. And so our first company, we taught sales coaching, we taught salespeople how to sell. And of course, a huge part of that is how to overcome rejection. Well, then I did the world championship of public speaking for Toastmasters, which was a part of how I launched my speaking career when I was 23 and 24. And so then I started teaching people about the art of speaking after I came in second uh, in the world at that contest, because I was teaching people how to do the thing I had done. Then when we sold our first company back in 2018, Now we have our new company and our new company helps young authors and speakers and personal brands, right? Anybody who's like trying to build an online following or, you know, build like a, a public persona. Why? Because we've spent 20 years doing it. So part of the way that our career, I say our, because, you know, my wife, AJ has been there from the basic, be basic from the beginning as my business partner, even longer than we've been dating, um, is you see that evidence, and that, you know, if there's a reason that we've gotten quote unquote ahead faster, even though it's not been faster, it's been 20 years, it's because we're always teaching from a place that we have been. Even, you know, my new role here at Success as the entrepreneurship editor, it's like, how did they, mm-hmm. why did they ask me to do it? Well, because we've, we have started four different seven figure companies, an eight figure company, and we're on our way to another eight figure company. We have, started multiple different successful businesses. So what is the thing that you have done, Ken, that mm-hmm. you could start and teach from first uh and and is it personal development or are there are there other things?
1: Yeah, uh I would probably say that it's really productivity because I was a procrastinator procrastinator before but then uh when i when i you know digest some some contents literature you know um, watching video trainings and rolling to personal development courses specifically about productivity that's when i started to um, change this behavior of procrastinator and the way we manage ourselves or that's what we call, what they call uh, time management. That's what yeah. I that's what I want to impart to my audience that that it's I also want to um, empathize them that I was once a procrastinator, although it's still a working process because it's in that for me it's a natural <laughs> it's a natural human um, nature to be distracted, especially in our mm-hmm. era of um, digital, uh, digital addiction, you know, the um, endless solicitations of of but social media, uh, social I love likes. all that.
0: And by the way, yeah. the fact that you're still struggling with it is, is is part of the evidence that it's a good thing for you, right? Like, you know, we're teaching entrepreneurship and personal branding. Part of it is because I love it so much because I'm still learning about yes. it every day because I don't thank feel you, like I... Thank I've... you.
1: And, uh, you know, I really want to impart this especially to my age group who have been struggling with the social media addiction.
0: Yeah. And I, well, here's the other thing. Okay. So you were a C, you're a CPA and you were an auditor, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: that to me points to your uniqueness, you know, remember your, your, your uniqueness lives at the intersection of who you were called, who you are called to be and who you have been. Mm -hmm. When you talk about productivity, the fact that you're a CPA and an auditor, that, points to productivity it point to me that says systems analytical thinking efficiency right structure those are mm-hmm. all things that tell a good story where it's like I don't know how old you are but let's say that you were 20 um <laughs> th- that even if you were only 20 I'd say yeah but but you're a CPA you do you like you have you have mastery level education in systems and efficiency that even if I'm 65, I can buy into the story of paying you for that expertise. Cause you have both the, you've got the experience and the education in it, as well as the passion mm-hmm. for it. And you're living it every day. And, wow. and I would say, and, and uh, so I didn't pick this up until you were just talking, but is that how, so you actually, is that how you found me originally was from my Ted talk, my how to multiply your time Ted talk? Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Makes more sense now. Um, mm-hmm. so, so yeah. So, the The other thing about uniqueness, okay? so w- when when uh, we we have a process called the brand DNA helix that we would take people through, which are these six questions that, as you answer these six questions, the overlap of these six questions would lead us to your uniqueness. Mm-hmm. The first question is, what problem do you solve? And so you would you know, brainstorm all of these all of these answers, and yours are kind of like around productivity. The second question, which is a corroborating, question is what are you passionate about? Um, mm-hmm. and so like the fact that you're still super passionate about it also points to this. So as this starts to reflect in your branding, you know, like y- your current brand, I think you said is project positive, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, it's, in and, and it's not that that's a bad, a bad brand, but I, 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 my guess is it might be easier for you to get hired for project productive than project positive and that your, 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 your uniqueness, your education, your experience, and your passion points more to time management and productivity more than, you know, positive you know positivity or psychology or motivation now it's not that you mm-hmm. wouldn't bring those things in but i think you'll get further faster it's it's also as it's high it's easier for a company to justify paying money for a very like tactical skill like productivity or mm-hmm. sales right or customer service um now you know companies spend a good bit of money for like leadership and and attitude and that but again your past aligns to me more clearly with productivity as well as your passion. I mean, yeah. here you are, you're meeting me because you're surfing around the web looking for talks on productivity. Mm-hmm. And that's how you found me of mm-hmm. one of my old talks. Um yeah. and I think I think going out to the market saying, look, I, I help with a very tactical skill. And and I, I actually would say, you know, I'm kind of having to eat my own words here in the fact that I think teaching positive mental attitude is a tactical skill and I think it's worth a lot of money Mm -hmm. and some leaders get that and some companies buy into that but productivity is an easier sale in the fact that it's simpler okay not everyone is quick not everyone is quick to acknowledge that their culture is negative or their their leadership is negative and that they need to be more positive and that positivity drives the bottom line but just about everybody is quick to acknowledge that we're all overwhelmed, we're all distracted, our people are distracted, we're all friggin' busy, we're all buried, we feel behind, we feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And that is such a monster problem in the world. It's easy to hire somebody, especially if they have a master's degree and you know, you've got, you know, some of this background. So I would that's a that's again pointing to going if I if you narrow. the 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 niche Mm -hmm. down from all things personal development to just productivity you're easier to hire because it's a more it's it's a more tactical skill it's more clearly understood and it's a more obvious story about how your personal experience gives you the credibility to come and help me solve that problem do all those things make sense
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. You know what, Rory, I almost forgot to include my, you know, my professional background because I said that, hey, I'm doing things that are not relevant to my degree. I almost forgot my CPA title and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't believe that we can actually we can actually position that to the brand that I'm currently
0: doing. So, thanks yes. for that. Million dollar idea. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes. I mean, this happens all the time. So we take, we take clients through this exercise called expert bio, where we, we do all these, like we, we, we give them all these things. Like, like one, one of them, for example, is what degrees do you have? Because Mm -hmm. people will forget. I mean, we had a client once that was literally mentioned as a Forbes 30 under 30, and they had forgotten about it. And it was like, how, how did you forget this? It's such a big deal, but we forget because we <laughs> live it every day. Yeah. And it's an, it's not only important part of your positioning and your expertise, but it, your education and everything you have done is a hint. It, 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 it hints us towards the answer to finding your uniqueness. And I love this about you. Right. Um, yeah. and it's also, it's also unique to me. It's there's a lot of people who teach productivity, Ken, but to go productivity through a CPA's mindset that makes sense and is fascinating and is unique and auditing, right? Like, (laughs) you know, auditing our time and applying the the principles of audit that are applied to accounting, applying applying the way that we would we should audit our time the way we audit our money, and you create those parallels. And now all of a sudden, yeah. it's like, whoa, you invented a whole new way of thinking about productivity. And you 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 can be the, the world's leading expert because, you know, you've got that unique combination of CPA and productivity.
1: Yeah, thanks for that, Rory. And uh, that being said, uh, is it okay to have a follow up co- question with that one?
0: yeah or well and I, and we could probably spend a couple minutes i think we got a couple minutes too we could talk about the networking thing although i think that's a pretty oh, yeah, quick one
1: yeah yeah sure uh regarding the positioning of me being a cpa and ex-auditor that that doesn't mean that i have to target a specific niche which is for cpas only or for accounting professionals only can i still tap the people at a entrepreneur side or the salesman or totally. should I say take-
0: Yeah I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm not I'm not saying you do productivity for CPAs. I'm uh-huh. saying you provide a CPA's take on productivity applied to anybody. Right.
1: So it's the All same
0: right. the same type of systems thinking the ta- the same type of audit, tor- you know, audit process, internal controls even, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, my undergrad was accounting. Um, I got a, I got a, uh, wow. um, an undergrad degree in accounting. So I, I happen to be a very nerdy, more nerdy than people realize. <laughs> and, and I, you know, but anyways, you know, like those, a lot of those concepts of audit just apply. So, I'm not saying just do it for CPAs. Um, Mm -hmm. not, not, not at all. Although, although Mm -hmm. again, you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So what person in the world are you going to know more about their daily life than anybody else when it comes to professionals?
1: Mm -hmm. All right. I think that makes sense.
0: Who, who were you? Who were you? It's you, right? Like you, as a, you're really, if you happen to get a client who was a CPA or was an auditor or was in that industry, you would really be able to help them create strong systems and time management, right? Because you know their world, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that,
0: that's a great market to go after, but it's not the only market you go after. That's That would be the, the center of, of what we would call, um, you know, like your avatar persona. So for example at Brand Builders Group, okay, so we do personal brand strategy. At the center for us is anyone who's like you, anyone that wants to be a speaker, author, coach, trainer, consultant. Why? Because that is like, if that's you, we just know how to do that as good as anyone in the world. I mean, as as humbly as I can say it, like we've lived the journey. But we also work Mm -hmm. with professional services and direct sales groups and entrepreneurs and corporate executives, because the concept still applies. So your concepts would still apply to other ancillary, you know, professions and groups, but it, you know, it it might be that you go after that. And then over time, you know, as the business just evolves, you get customers and then your passions evolve. And so your, your brand evolves. But anyways, I think, I think you would get really far, really fast going out there and marketing productivity and really playing up your analytical systems thinking background yeah. more, more so than going out and marketing positivity and personal development and motivational speaking.
1: Yeah, Thank you. Thank you for that one. I'll take a lot of it. that um, advice. Yeah.
0: That's good. Well, you, you're going to be an expert on it. So you're going to, you're going to start making big, big money. And then you can just, you can send your friend Rory a check and just yeah. say, Rory, that was really good advice. Uh, yeah. Looking no, forward I, to it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, on the networking thing, just real quick. Um, you know, so your question was like, how do we do networking skills in the digital world?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I can do that.
0: So here's the high level answer, which is, this is how you do networking. You know, according to to me, right? Here's how you do Mm -hmm. networking, whether it's digital or it's offline. The key to networking is to serve others first serve others first it is the whole key it's very simple is how can you help somebody before you need help from somebody and 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 the whole your whole life is just about going out and helping and doing favors for people i mean a huge part of my day like a huge part of my week is doing favors for people like literally even even now why well, one because it fills me up and it help and it helps me, and, and two because I've been around long enough to go. Somehow, this is going to pay off. Maybe not on a person for person exchange. There's there's some people that I probably do favors for that I never get anything back. But in total, the when you do this and you serve others first, and you're constantly asking, how can I help another person? Yeah, you know, if you looked at it as a financial transaction, it's like these are deposits you're making. And now you've got these balances you can draw upon, or you could think about it in a much colder way, which I don't like thinking about it as it's almost like you've, you've done these things for people and now they owe you something, which isn't the right way to think about it. Cause that's not how you think about it. But the law of reciprocity says that if you do something for me, I am naturally going to want to do something in return, even though you should never expect me to, uh, you should, you're, you, it is a, it's a law that I will feel that I would want to. And so if that opportunity comes up, so at a high level, that's the deal is going, how do I serve others first? So, you know, now you go, how do you translate that to the digital landscape? It's actually easier than ever before. The people who share, like the people who share my content, the people who comment on my content, the people who, um, promote my content in a digital world I meet them like I know them because the person who's commenting on every single post like mm-hmm. I see them every couple days right and I'm like who is this person and yeah one one of the, the one of the best ways for someone to get to know you is to be a fan of them. I think of this, this is my relationship with Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know who Dave Ramsey is, but he's huge, huge in uh, just influencer. And yeah, you I know, got a thousand employees. And um, I think he's, he's been on the cover of success magazine and just amazing mm-hmm. guy. I was a fan of Dave first. And it was almost like through becoming such a fan, you know, I got to know people on his team and then I eventually got to know him. And then I, you know, I did some stuff for him and his team. And then at at some point I ended up meeting him just because I had been a fan for so long and I didn't want anything in return. I just was trying to help because I was so grateful for everything that I had learned from him. So that's it. Serve others first. a, it's easier than ever in a digital world. Like, you know, people notice the people who retweet you, uh, you know, people notice the people who comment on their posts, people notice the people who share their stuff, People notice the people who leave reviews on their podcast or on Amazon. Um, And then, you know, and um, so that's one thing everyone can do. The other thing is you mentioned podcasting. To me, podcasting (laughs) is the ultimate networking tool. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many reasons to podcast, but one of the best reasons is it, It opens doors that you would never, ever get into. Uh, You know, even if I was a salesperson all day, every day, like going back to those days, I would still probably start a podcast because if I'm trying to get in with the CEO of a company and I'm cold calling them, they would never in a hundred years respond to me. It's like a one out (laughs) of a hundred response rate. But if I send them an email and say, I'd love to feature you on my podcast or feature you in, you know, my online podcast whatever magazine or my blog or whatever. It's like, suddenly they, they show up. Um, Mm -hmm. so it opened doors for prospecting and then it opened doors for networking because, um, everybody, people who are doing big things are always doing big things. And so when they do the next big thing, they have to tell the world about the next big thing. And so how do they do that? Well, they go out to the media and people who have audiences to help them, you know, uh, transmit that message. And when you host a podcast, you are now a member of the media and those people come to you. I mean, I'm amazed. I get books in the mail every day, pretty much definitely every week. And sometimes I'll get this, I'll get a book in the mail from someone where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I would pay money to interview this person. And they're trying to knock down my door to get to me. Um, that happens as a podcast host and you're, and then you're helping them in their time of need, which is when they're launching a book or they're launching a company or they're launching a division or they're launching a nonprofit and you're helping them in their time of need, which really sets up that relationship for, you know, at some point, if you need something, you've got all these people who you've helped just through your podcast. So especially for you, if you're going down the the path of personal branding, Yes. For podcast, if for no other reason, if not to make money, if not to build your audience, even if nobody listened to your podcast, it's worth doing just because of the value it has for networking. Yeah. Ken, you're going to be awesome, man. The fact that you are listening to the success line podcast and uh hopefully you're a part of our achievers community at achievers.success. yeah Um <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you're reading you're reading success articles, you're watching TED Talks, um, you're tuning into, you know, the blog posts of people like me and success. Like you're, you know, here you are volunteering to come and like, you know, get coaching in front of the whole world. I mean, you're doing the right things, man. And I'm telling you to go back to where we started. You're already proving that you're willing to do the work, get coaching, be humble, be, you know, uh, be adaptable, ask good questions. And you're already proven that you're willing to do those things. So just keep allowing yourself to dream because dreams are made for people like you. So hang on to that brother and, and just keep going. All right, my friend. Yeah.
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. All right. And you know what? Um, thank you. Thank you so much also for the the golden advice that you've just shared to me. I really appreciate this one. And it's really a humbling experience to have a one-on-one coaching and to guest in your podcast.
0: Well, it's, it's my pleasure. We wouldn't be here without you. You you're the star of the show and, and you are, you're the reason why we're doing the show Ken is for people like you. It's like, uh, we want to talk to real people who have real questions, you know, because you've got so much potential And a lot of times it's just, you know, a little bit of encouragement from someone who's been there, you know, a little bit of tactical advice, but you've got all the ingredients. Like you've, you're doing, you've got the stuff that we can't give you. We can give you encouragement. We can give you education. At the end of the day, you're the one that's got to go out and have the discipline and the work ethic to do it. And you're, you're showing that you can't. So we believe in you. Keep going and make sure you stay in touch with us uh, here on the success line so we can follow your journey.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And keep touching lives of other people. You're doing great, guys.
0: Thank you. What a fantastic conversation with young Ken about his dream of building a speaking business and positioning himself as an expert. That was an easy one more for me. That's a world that we know pretty well and have lived in most of our career and have worked with a lot of people. But you know, there were, there were three kind of key things that came out of that from that conversation that I want to make sure uh, you catch, and I think that are super relevant to you. So the first one is allow yourself to dream. I mean, this is the, the first part of making a dream come true is allowing yourself to dream. It is giving yourself permission to let your mind wander. It is, it is allowing yourself to momentarily dispel the self-doubts and limiting beliefs so that just for a fraction of time, you can live in the possibility of this wild and exciting future. But the, the people who changed the world are the ones who allow themselves to sort of live in that fantasy for a moment. Because the longer that you live there, the more you realize, oh, I, I could actually do this and I could do that and it could become possible. So make sure that you're allowing yourself to dream. The second thing, which was more of a tactical part, I think that came out of that conversation is narrow your niche, narrow your niche, both in terms of who you serve and what problem you solve for them. Because by narrowing your your niche, like it's the smaller the pond, the easier it is to be the big fish, right? We've all heard that, you you know, you're a big fish in a small pond. Well, you know, even though sometimes people use that as a bad thing, that's actually not a bad thing. That's a good thing as long as you don't stay there for very long. But you want to become the big fish in a small pond and then once you're the big fish in a small pond, then you go to a bigger pond. Well, how do you become the big fish in a small pond? One way is to become a bigger fish, which you should do. The other way is to be a, to live in a smaller pond, <laughs> right? So narrow your niche and, and say, all right. And, and the question is, how narrow should I be? And I think the answer is however narrow you have to be in order to clearly delineate and position yourself as the expert on that thing and dominate that thing and then as you dominate that thing i e break through the wall to use that to use that illustration of of shehan's wall that i i talked about in the in the coaching session then expand and go to a bigger one. And then you stay there until you dominate that. And then you go there. And And again, as I think about my career, this is so true because I started in a little direct sales company and I broke the record there. And then I went and did Toastmasters and I became the, the youngest person in history to, at, at the time to play second in the world championship of public speaking. And then we started a, a company uh, inside of this family of companies and we grew this business and then we sold that. And and then, you know, I wanted to be an author and, and at 29, I was a New York Times bestselling author. So these are just examples of the pond getting bigger and, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and, you know, narrow your niche. So so ask yourself, how can I be more specific in who I serve? The more specific, the more terrific. The more specific, the more terrific. And, and the more narrow it is, you can serve people in a deeper and deeper way. And that's super duper powerful. So narrow your narrow your niche. And, uh, and then number three, which I just wanna highlight, if you've never heard this, is podcasting is a tremendously powerful vehicle as a networking tool. Podcasting is a tremendously powerful vehicle as a networking tool, even if it doesn't help you build an audience, even if it doesn't help you make more money. Uh, even if you don't get you know famous or whatever from being a podcaster, it doesn't matter. The net, the value of networking that comes from podcasting is just extraordinary and magnificent. And it is there's such a low barrier of entry into podcasting. Now, this is this is one reason why there's an explosion of podcasts. Just recently, at the time of this recording, I think I heard we have officially crossed over one million podcasts. But that's still a relatively small number. I mean. Compared to the number of people that are on Facebook or the number of people that are on social media, which are billions of people, one million is still relatively small, right? And and the number of people who have a YouTube channel is you know astronomical. So podcasting is still uh, you know there's still time to get into into that into that game. So those are a couple of the highlights that stuck with me, and. Um, most of all, I think what I learned from Young Kin there was just I left that conversation feeling inspired about seeing a younger person who is humble and and willing and and, and uh, you know hungry to come and ask questions and get coaching and pursue a dream and get better and you know you heard him say i'm listening to success podcasts i'm reading the success blogs i'm in achievers the success community he's following me online and and he's he's doing the things right and if you're if you're surrounding yourself with the people and the education and you're willing to do the work it's all going to work out so just keep going and keep coming back right here every week at, uh, inside of the achievers community and with yours truly on the success line. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guests to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate review. And most of all, tell your friends, this has been a success podcast, head to success.com slash podcast to hear more. Just like it.